Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 220. I hope everybody's had a great October so far. It has been an amazing month filled with many four-day weeks. I don't know if your school district has given you a lot of times off. Some days it's uh, some weeks is Friday off, Monday off. We even had Wednesday off recently. But that being said, there's been a lot of things happening over here on TeacherCast. A lot of things happening on Ask the Tech Coach. I want to say thank you to everybody who reached out over the last week and mentioned um, our last episode, actually, 219. Uh, we talked a little bit about productivity tips for writing, uh, productivity tips. Um, I mentioned that I, I'm starting to move TeacherCast into a new program called Notion. I uh, had a lot of people actually reach out and say, hey, tell me a little bit more about that. So that started to uh, get my ideas up about the whole productivity for coaches. If this is a topic that interests you in the slightest, how do you do things more productive? How can you be more productive as a teacher, as a coach? How can you speed your life up? How can you create that concept of a second brain? Um, This stuff's been kind of piquing my interest over the last couple months and uh, thinking about doing more of this type of content. So if you're out there on Twitter, uh, please feel free hit me up. It's always good to hear from my audience and my listeners out there. You can find me on TeacherCast or over at Ask the Tech Coach. I'd love to have a conversation with you about this. I mean, I got to be honest, over the last couple of days, I've received a lot of emails about this. And if this is an interesting topic, this might be something that we go more into. And if you're looking for more productivity templates and stuff, and I don't mean like the ed tech templates, but really things that are going to help and things that are going to speed you up, um, applications that we might use that you can use in your coaching and your teaching. I'd love to do something like that more often here on the coaching network to, uh, to support you. Speaking of coaching network, we are now over 1100 and so uh, instructional coaches over on the teacher cast instructional coaches, Facebook group. You can find out more information over at askthetechcoach.com. scroll all the way down, join our Facebook group, no charge, but each and every week we have polls, we have webinars, we have conversations, lots of great stuff happening in that group. Thank you to everybody who's been signing up and making that coaching network possible. Uh, couldn't do that stuff without you. And we've got a lot of great stuff happening as now that the school year is, you know, really underway. And we're starting to get those days where it's darker as we get up in the morning. So hopefully we're having a good time and we'll taking care of that today on the show. We have two great guests one guest who's been on the show multiple times always great to have her back and her co-host who are now officially best-selling authors i want to say that again because i'm so proud of these two best-selling authors on amazon they have a brand new book that's out right now and i've been having the opportunity for the last couple of days to check this thing out it is called control the chaos what it takes to create order in the classroom and teach executive functioning skills. I am so thrilled today to have some two amazing guests. My first guest today is the CEO of Gold EDU, founder of Global GEG, 
EdTech lead, and also she has an amazing master's in curriculum and instruction, and she's an adjunct professor. And in addition to all of that, she's an awesome podcaster, fantastic presenter, and she is one of the co-authors of what is currently a best-selling book on Amazon right now. My good friend, Miss Stephanie Howell. Steph, how are you today? Welcome back to Ask the Tech Coach. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, I'm excited to be here and talk a little bit about controlling the chaos. <laughs> I am excited to have you back on. How have you been? How was the beginning of the school year? What's the new year looked like for you? Yeah, the start of the year has been really busy. Um, this is my first year where I've been in all my buildings more than one year. And so because of that, it's been more focused on to-do lists, right? Like I've got this activity and I need it done, or I've got this idea, can we do it? And I feel like it's finally coming together where before I had to spend a lot of my start of my years building those relationships. That is so true, so difficult. But what is it like now going back for that second year? I mean, you just talked a little bit about building those relationships. What are some of the goals, I'm curious, that you have now that you're in your second year? I mean, obviously you have teachers who you have a rapport with, but you still have new teachers. What is the beginning of the year looking like for you? Yeah, so before school even started, we did a lot of work with um, new teachers. So welcoming them to our district. And then I feel like as soon as school kicked off, it was, I need a newsletter for my parents. I need to do data chats with my students and I need to streamline it. And um, I want to work on, you know, all of these different projects with my students. So it's just been a lot of good things, but just super busy where I felt like before um, some of the buildings didn't know me as well. So I'd have to make time to just, be present. And now I'm like so many places. <laughs> How many buildings did you say you're in? This year I'm in five. And, and it, it- it's 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 funny how coaches say things like it's only five because I, I, we have coaches that have like <laughs> 30 buildings. There are coaches that have two buildings. Uh, how do you manage five buildings? And I'm asking that from the point of view that it's October and we've had a lot of four day weeks. Like, how, how do you manage your schedule? What is that? What does the day look like or what does the week look like for you? Yeah, every week's different. I'm based off of need. So okay. teachers that kind of email me because that's kind of how a coaching cycle works. Um, I used the Google coaching um, cycle from the certification that they have. And because of that, sometimes I'm in one building all week doing a pretty intense coaching cycle where I might be in there every single day because the teacher wants to start off with blended learning. And so because of that, I have to have a flexible schedule. I can't just be like, I'm only going to help you on Tuesdays if that's what you want to start doing. I want to be able to support that teacher um, as, as that teacher needs other teachers, they have me on like a monthly or bi-weekly schedule. So we always meet Tuesday at 9am. <laughs> and so it just kind of depends on the teacher and what the need is. And that's what I like about my boss is she allows that flexibility for me to meet the needs of the teachers. Um, and then when I'm not busy, I just try to pop into different places or, I try to remember my follow-up list of just, hey, how did that go? Or checking in with you. I know you said you were going to try this. How is it still going? Or 
did you kind of get away from it? <laughs> it? It's so nice to have that. You know, when we were doing our shows uh, last year on the Coaching Matters book, we called that, you know, a chapter five, having a coach's champion, having that somebody to be a guide for you. Last time you were on the show, you were promoting something called your 90-day coaching planner. Now that we're in October, we're in what, day 30 to 40 how are things going? Where should coaches be now that they're in that, you know, middle month kind of thing? And, and what are some of the things that coaches are saying to you about that 90 day planner and perhaps how it's been helping them out? Yeah. A lot of new teachers have been starting to use that plan. And I'm just so thankful that Katie had that homework assignment that we found out on your podcast. Right. Um, and so it was just fun with working with other coaches outside of my district and being able to collaborate with them and kind of get a different viewpoint. But now that you have started to build relationships, you should start kind of looking at building that coaching culture. So starting that first coaching cycle with a couple of teachers that are willing to, um, and starting to get into the classroom and researching and customizing different strategies to meet their needs. That is certainly good advice of trying to find those generals, start to kind of get your feelers in there. And we would certainly love to continue those conversations. If you happen to catch catch uh, the, the last podcast episode that Stephanie was on, um, lots of good stuff in there. Hope you have a chance to check it out. Uh, that episode was actually uh, episode number 211. So you can find information for that over at askthetechcoach.com and we'll see what we can do about putting that um, link on the bottom here. My next guest happens to be a certified crisis prevention intervention instructor. She's also an adjunct professor and also an author of the best-selling, co best-selling book on Amazon, Control the Chaos, Creating Order in the Classroom, and Teaching Executive Functioning Skills. We're looking forward to talking about all of today. But what I love about my next guest is she has her master's in special education and it's something that as you guys know as being my listeners that is near and dear to my heart and to my family i want to bring on the great tara ruckman tara how are you today welcome to ask the tech coach oh thanks i'm so excited to be here yeah so behavior coach and you're thinking like behavior coach tech coach how does all that happen <laughs> so just we renamed ourselves. so we're um Bed tech, behavior, ed tech. I, I, thought, bed, I thought bed like tech it? was what my kids are doing when I, when I show them <laughs> in their room at night. <laughs> no. So we, you know, behavior and ed tech, we have all these strategies, but we also need resources to go with those strategies. So that's kind of how we met and got working together. Um, we saw that need for being able to provide resources to teachers that are struggling with behaviors or just looking at those tier one and tier two behaviors. So like what I do in my job, I am in 14 buildings, but I do a coaching cycle just like any other coach. It's just not a curriculum coaching cycle. It's a behavior coaching cycle. So I'll go in, I'll observe, are we looking at tier one classroom management? Are we looking at a tier two support, a tier three support for our behavior students? And I observe, I go in, I provide some strategies, we create a plan. I go back and I help the team implement the plan. And then I model those instructional strategies with the resources. So it's just behavior 
instead of curriculum. So that's what I love about my job because behavior is my passion. So I do have that background in special education, but also went to the University of Cincinnati for their applied behavior analysis program. So a little bit about me. I'm so glad that you're here. And, and, you know, you mentioned something that we've never really deep dived on, although I know Sue and I have talked about really deep diving in here, which is the fact that there are school districts out there that have multiple levels isn't the right word. Layers isn't the right word. But, you know, many, many coaches all supporting teachers. Um, Tara, I'm, I'm curious, how do you fit in? How do you work as a group? And, 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 you know, well, what happens when four of you all attack the same teacher and at the same time, how, how does that dynamic work for you? So last year, when we first started working together, um, we kind of modeled co-teaching Steph and I did when we would go into a classroom together, we would do almost like a special ed, like an intervention specialist would do and a general education teacher. And we were able to model that co-coaching versus the co-teaching model. And we were able to bounce back and forth, just like we were teachers, co-teachers in the room. So that was fabulous to not just be able to model resources and the coaching cycle, but to be able to model a co-teaching co-coaching cycle was amazing. And we did that for the first time last year together. And we found a great response with some of our staff. And they loved when we would come in and be able to model and we just fed off each other to be able to add different strengths. I love the idea of just being that team. You know, I'm I haven't really mentioned it yet on the show, but I'm actually transferring in my in my district. I'm starting at a brand new school in like a week or so, and I'm walking into a team that's already put together. But the one thing that I know is that the building is very tight and everyone's you know working together and I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, Steph, I was thinking about you recently because, you know, my 90 day clock is going to reset itself. November 1st uh, is new, new school, new buildings, new relationships. But the one thing that I do know is there is a lot of chaos in our classrooms. And I'm so glad that you guys are here. Did you see that transition that I made, by the way, <laughs> we are here today to talk all about your brand new book. And, and, and by the way, lots of great buzz on social media called controlling the chaos in classrooms. Um, how did the book come about? Tell us a little bit about it. And then uh, let's just dive in for a second here. Whose idea was it to write this? Uh, Tara's. <laughs> she had it on her um, bucket list or vision board, I guess. Yes, it was and, on my vision board. And um, I don't even know how we got to talking about it. But basically how it kind of started is we started to see this need in teachers' classrooms. Um, we use a lot of different blended learning strategies in our district. And last year was difficult. Teachers were coming off of COVID and everything was virtual, right? Which we're still kind of struggling with in some classrooms. And because of that, we started to see some chaos also taking place in the classroom where students were struggling with self-paced learning or taking ownership of their learning or um, all of these different executive functioning skills. And so because of that, we started to research and what we found is there wasn't a whole lot of research out there on blended learning and executive functioning. 
Mm. We kind of had to piece together um, different resources and different things and create a lot of our own resources to support these teachers that were wanting to have their students work on goal setting and have their students take ownership and um, work on time management, all these different skills. And so I knew um, Tara and I just started kind of collaborating. But again, when you're focused on different goals like technology and behavior, right? It's sometimes like your paths don't cross, but I think that's really important that you do want to reach out to other coaches in your district and collaborate with them. See how you can support each other and use each other's strengths because I knew Tara had a behavior background. And so I was like, Hey, what do you know about executive functioning? And she actually knew a lot. Um, (laughs) And so with that, we um, started to help these teachers. We started to see these students improve tremendously. Um, We started to see the teachers love to teach um, where that's hard to see right now with all the burnout. Mm. And then um, it was January. I think we started working closely together, November, December. And then in January, Tara had a vision board for new you, uh, new year, new you. And that was on it. (laughs) And I remember like, getting together like the rough draft and like a template and I shared it with her and she has sent me a text and she's like, we're really doing this. We're really (laughs) writing a book. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. It's on the board. If it's on the board, you got to do it. Right. So we just, from there, we just started brainstorming and putting a template up together of chapters and kind of what, planning out what we wanted to do using our executive functioning skills to plan and prioritize what our chapters would be. Right. Um, and then once we hit the summertime, it was like took off from there. It's a, it's a great book. I've been reading it uh, for the last couple of days here. It's 190 some or so pages, very easy read. I, I want to kind of dive into here and we're going to pick out some of the different spots, by the way, all the links are going to be over on, on uh, askthetechcoach.com. This episode is number 220. And so as we're looking at all of this stuff, we want to talk about the classroom experience. What, in your opinion, should a classroom look like? And let's break this down. Like When you walk into a classroom as a coach or as an administrator in K-5, what does that look like? What should that look like in order to say and check off the box for great classroom, great classroom experience, teacher and coach are rocking? What does an elementary classroom look like? I think one of the most important things is um, fluidity, right? We have flexible grouping. We have fluid rotation. We have um, an increased attention and engaged students. So conversation, discussion, not a teacher standing up and lecturing, right? Not just putting your learning intentions on the board, but the actual like diving deep and creating that motivation of why they're reaching those, going for those learning intentions. Why are we doing this lesson? Like we have created value within the lesson and that once we start to see that we have set attainable goals and attainable learning attention um, intentions, we create 
an increased sense of confidence. And once we create that increased sense of confidence, you increase that motivation and that engagement from the students. So, I mean, that was a really long answer that I'm not sure if it really even answered it. Did it? Did I do okay? I'm trying to take down as many notes as possible because this is great. Um, What is the difference, would you say, Steph, between a K-5 classroom? I mean, she just mentioned flexible groupings, rotation, increased attention, more confidence. Does that differ in middle school? Is it it a different room? Are the kids just taller? Are these the same classrooms between K-5 and middle school? Yeah, what I've noticed is it is pretty similar. Uh, The only thing is... The transition of getting on Google Classroom or getting on different tech programs is a little faster. Where in the elementary, it's, it can be painful at the start where students are taking a little bit longer to log in. I remember the first time I worked with second graders and it took them seven minutes to get into Google Classroom. That's a good seven minutes though. <laughs> it was a struggle. Like, I mean, I just remember timing them. And so we did like a fast and curious activity. And we actually got it down to a minute by the last day where we just kind of every day I timed them and we saw how long are, and they try to beat their time. (laughs) And so the kids love that game where in middle school, I don't have to do a bunch of that stuff. They, they just, they know where to go. They know how to log on. They can do things a little bit quicker, um, which is really nice. um, But also very difficult for our elementary teachers. We have to break it down a lot more for our Mm -hmm. elementary kiddos and that single instructions and step-by-step process that maybe in a middle school, you might be doing the same thing, but you might provide a bigger chunk of things and less teaching. So that increases that transition time. What do we see as the difference between middle school and high school? Is it just more of the same quicker transitions or is there something different? Well, I think we get a little bit slower in transitions in high school, to be honest. I think we we start going down the hill a little bit because our high school transitions, they decide that they're not as motivated as our middle schoolers. Um, we have to start making sure that we have, I'm going to use my son for an example. He's like, this is not the job that I'm going to do for my life. This, this doesn't have value with for me. So if we're not creating that motivation and that, you know, future, look into the future for our kids, then we see their motivation go down and they get more relaxed. So we have to kind of amp it back up in high school and create that higher level of engagement because otherwise we start to lose them because what is more motivating to a high schooler than their phone? I mean, there's the other thing, right? So when you have more of that in high school, more social media, more phone, more things that are motivating than the content you're teaching, you're competing. So we get some of that that goes back down unless you are really looking at that great blended learning model and engaging activities. Well, your, your, your book, sorry, your best-selling book, I'll make sure that we put that in there, um, talks a lot about the concept of executive functioning skills. Let's dive a little bit into that. Can you define what that is for everybody? And and 
Is that something that we're constantly focused on? Is that something where we want to be focusing more K-5 on, less high school, or bang it out no matter what because this is all important stuff? Like, What is the definition of executive functioning to you? Well, I think first, um, it used to be really focused on students with disabilities or, or gifted. And so the typical student was magically okay in these areas. I don't know if that's what we thought, but... Um, what we realized is coming from COVID that a lot of students struggled with this special ed and typical peers and you're gifted, right? Every kid. We also noticed that a lot of our adults struggled. <laughs> and so with executive functioning, um, it's what you need to do life, right? You need those skills in order to be successful in a job when you do leave school. And a lot of times, if you have these skills um, compared to another student that might not, you might be more successful in a job compared to that other student that did not gain these skills. And I think, too, what's kind of um, interesting is when we started looking at these, you, you see these skills and you hear them in the teacher's lounge as maybe that student is stubborn, mm. right? Or maybe that student is unorganized or messy you hear these negative terms and when you hear those negative terms you don't think that it can be fixed but when you view it as an executive functioning skill you're like oh i can teach that i can work on time management i could provide an agenda for my students that they can see to better help them through this learning objective um, so when you view it as a skill rather than disorganized or um disruptive, right? Like all of these negative terms that we kind of think about and you really start to focus on it as a skill. You're like, oh, I can work on this with my students or I could add this extra scaffold in to support that learner. And that's chapter one. See the <laughs> deficit, not the description, right? Like I, I would say, just like Steph said, that messy kid, instead of him being the messy kid, we look at him as he needs the executive functioning skills and teaching on organization and planning and prioritizing. So seeing, thinking about what, what label, right? But not really thinking about the label. We're really thinking about what skill, what do we need to work on with this student? So when you think about all of those, you one of the questions you asked was about executive functioning skills. We're looking at organization, planning and prioritizing, sustained attention, stress tolerance, you know, how we handle stress, because stress is not meant to be something that we sustain, right? We want to be we are all faced with stress in life, but we're, what are we able to tolerate and how are we able to manage that stress and anxiety, especially looking at a lot of our gifted students now um, are experiencing symptoms of anxiety because their, their high level academics are causing this stress in them. So how can we put a stress plan in place for them? How can we help them through that to manage some of those anxious moments for the student that wants to get in a certain college and they have to have a high level score and their testing times are coming up? So way beyond the ADHD that we used to think of, we used to 
kind of correlate the two between. It is all of all of our kids. You know, when I when I go to college, am I going to be able to make a plan for my study habits? How many freshmen in college do you see go to college and like struggle their freshman year in college in the very beginning because they now have to like manage it all on their own without teachers being leading them. It's difficult. And, you know, I, I see this a lot in the student teachers that I work with is, you know, when you get into that real world and there's nobody holding your hand, you got to be there. And especially, you know, even being in that student teaching world where now you no longer actually have to be on campus, you could be living at home or you could be living somewhere and basically having that student teaching as a job. One of the things that you mentioned in here, and I, I want to break this down a little bit more granular here, is this concept of time management. And you go into a lot of different strategies. Why did you focus on time management with all of this? And what are some of the things that you're noticing in the world of time management that people are maybe not successful with or not as successful with as they could be? Yeah, so what it came down to is... Um, we gave the students a pre-assessment and it was just kind of like a quick, I think it was 40 questions. I don't know if that's quick, maybe, um, but just asking them different questions about their executive functioning and different questions to help us kind of rate them on where's their highs, where, where are their lows. Um, and so when that data came out, we sat down with the team and we probably looked at it for about an hour. I would say like we took a pretty big deep dive in this data and we did this um, in December, January. So they already knew their students. And I think it was pretty eye-opening for these teachers to see, oh, that student is acting out because of this skill deficit when it comes to executive functioning. And so what we did is we were able to group the students and we had high students that were really successful at those skills to use them as student like leaders to help us. And then we had the students that were weak. And it, what was really a great thing that you kind of saw is every student was all over the place, right? Same with me. I might be really good at organization, but I might struggle in some other area um, with the teachers there too. So we were able to use each other's strengths and weaknesses to create some really engaging lessons for the students. Um, and so what we were doing is um, goal setting was really high for this group of kids but what we realized is that the teachers were working on that since September. So they were really focused on students taking a test. They would write down their score every single day and they got to see that improvement. So moving from a fixed mindset to that growth mindset, they did data chats with their kids and their kids became obsessed with improving on pre-assessments to their final assessment, which was really cool to see. So that one was really cool to see in the data because we got to see those students improve. And so when it came to looking at it, a lot of um, weaknesses with this group of kids was stress management. Um, so they really struggled with stress and their tolerance of it, and they needed coping skills. And then time management was one of them. And um, planning and prioritizing being flexible, <laughs> that was uh, that was one. Uh, we've got a lot of students that can't think outside the box or if their schedule gets changed, they might kind of freak out. So that was a fun lesson for, for <laughs> some of those kids. Um, but once we had that data, we were able to then 
break it down into different weeks on what we were going to focus on. And so when it came to time management, using that example, um, what we quickly realized is students maybe weren't turning in assignments. And so as a teacher, that that's really stressful, right? Like we've got this blended learning classroom and the expectation is you, you've got to kind of be able to manage a task, break it apart, know the due date, turn it in on that due date. And students were really struggling with that skill. And so what we were able to do is work on that skill with students. And then the teachers were able to also work on it throughout uh, their curriculum rather than just saying, oh, that's going to be late. You know, like they were able to help students break down a big task into many deadlines where then the students got different teacher check-ins with them. Um, and it was just a lot more successful than just saying, hey, this big project is due here. The kids started to work on breaking down that task. So they knew every single day I needed to do this much. I need to do this much. I need to do this much. And then they became more successful at that skill. Let's take a look at this from the coach's point of view. Is this something that is coachable to teachers? Are these skills that teachers should be getting during professional development? Is it the coach's role to be pushing these concepts onto a teacher or is this more principal has to be discussing this with the coach supporting on this side? What is the role of the coach in all of this? I think for me, when I think about the role of the coach in this, as we're helping and co-planning lessons, and we can support teachers thinking about our lessons in what executive functioning skills are needed in each lesson. So do I need time management? Do I need to prioritize and plan my tasks? Do I need flexible thinking? What exactly is the executive functioning skill do my kids need to execute the lesson with fluidity? So once we do that, we can integrate some of these skills. If we just pick one per lesson and we work on one per lesson, we can integrate it within our lesson. We don't necessarily have to practice all the skills in isolation, but we're modeling those skills for students. We're talking about them. We're using the verbiage. I mean, everybody loves time, right? Like that is the one thing that we can never get back. Everybody's fighting for it. Everybody wants it. Everybody needs it. We never have enough of it. Um, so we can't control the clock, but what we can do is make effective use of our time. So teaching kids that skill, maybe time management is the one thing that we're going to focus on with the lesson by setting a timer because you're going to have this amount of time and we're going to chunk the assignment so that we manage the clock and make sure that we've then taught those students how to manage that amount of time frame to accomplish the work they need to do within the lesson. So I think that's really important. And I, I don't believe that this is something that principals need to get on board with. This is something that we can identify when we plan our lessons. What is one of the skills that are needed and then start to integrate them that way. And I think for me, um, which totally showing it while you're doing a co-teaching lesson with a teacher, but even during that planning phase of the coaching cycle, 
um, I bring more clarity now. Now that I'm more familiar with executive functioning skills, before I would be like, we're going to do this, this, and this. And the teacher would be like, okay, you know, like, uh uh-huh. Like, because it just came natural to me. But what I started to do is I started to create like a student agenda. And then I started to add time limits. Like this activity is going to take 10 minutes. This one's going to take 15. And then what that did is it allowed clarity between me and the teacher to know what exactly was going to happen when we were co-teaching together. And it brought out also like, okay, I need to print this resource. I need to put this in Google Classroom. It helped with that organizational flow when we started to kind of lay it all out where before I would just kind of say a bunch of stuff and then I would just kind of leave them overwhelming, I think. But now, I mean, today I worked with a teacher and I was like, okay, let's let's lay this out. So we created a Google slide. We put our agenda up there and then we said, okay, for this station rotation activity, We're going to do it for how long do we have your class? 15 minutes. So then we were able to plan out each of those different stations and the teacher left feeling a lot more comfortable um, because there was clarity of what is this day going to look like? They had a visual. They were able to hear me walk through it. And then we were able to use that with the student as well. But again, before I might have just kind of sent them an email of like print this, do this, do that. Um, but now they had a visual that their students were also going to use to really understand the flow of that lesson. And, and what we have seen from this is we have just created opportunities to build these skills in real life scenarios, in real life classroom lessons, which is really just then they translate those to real life, right? Like what once they can see them within the lesson, then they start to think about that. We had a student that emailed a teacher once after the time management lesson or a couple weeks after he didn't get his homework done and he emailed the teacher and it was not any, there was no excuses. He just said, I made a mistake and I didn't manage my time well. I'm sorry, I apologize for getting my assignment not turned in and I will have it in and I'm sorry I didn't manage my time well. It, it's awesome hearing the way that you guys collaborate in classrooms, right? And especially when it, when you're talking to coaches out there who might be alone in a district uh, or might have three or four different kinds of curricular coaches and behavior coaches in there. Um, my last question for you here is now that you've written this, now that you've gone through this, this idea, now that you've gone through all the research, where do you see the rest of the year going? What would you like to see for next year? Steph, you had talked earlier about the fact that this is now, you know, not a new year for you, but you're now looking forward to building on those relationships. How has all of the stuff that you've picked up through the process of writing this book prepared you for the next part of your school year and of your coaching career? Yeah. So what we've kind of um, realized is last year we did a lot of pilots (laughs) to see, is this even going to work? Right. And testing it out with a bunch of different students in different buildings. Um, But it was, it was pretty low key. It wasn't just like a whole school rollout. So what we did um, at the end of last year is a boot camp where students who are transitioning to the next grade were able to work on different skills that they were going to need. So our big push last year was sixth grade. 
And these students are going to junior high. So they're in like an elementary type of setting. We call it middle school. Um, but then they're going to seventh grade. And in seventh grade, they don't walk in a line. But in sixth grade, they walk in a line. In seventh grade, they have lockers. In sixth grade, they don't even know how to do a combination lock. Um, so all of these different anxieties started to come up. Um, and their class periods are a lot shorter where we're block schedule in sixth grade. Seventh grade, it's, it's ran by the bell. It's 40 some minutes and then the bell switch happens and, and the students have to be able to organize in a certain amount of time. They have to be able to know what is my homework because sixth grade teachers are sending a picture home using talking points where seventh grade teachers might not be. Um, and so there's just different skills that our students needed to know. And because of that, we did this huge boot camp. It was completely interactive. It was crazy. The kids had to earn all these different badges in order to um, say they were ready for seventh grade. And the amount of teachers that noticed from seventh grade, which sixth grade students went through that pilot um, was, was pretty amazing. They were able to say these kids came in more confident. They came in more prepared. And so we kind of want to roll that out to a much wider audience this year. Also, January is a great time for a new year, new you type of start, and executive functioning goes really well with that theme. Um, so we have a lot of teams that are interested in trying this, but again, when you're coaching, you've got to work with those teachers that are willing to just go for it and fail forward and pick up where we left off and let's try it again. That didn't work or, hey, that was awesome. Um, because we, we didn't know the outcome that it was going to have with those teachers that we worked with. And so now that we're able to share their stories, a lot more teachers are asking about resources. They're asking yeah. about how we can support them. Um, but it did take those teachers that were willing to fail forward. And we're so thankful for them um, because without them, we wouldn't have been able to share those success stories with others. Oh, 100%. I mean, those, those teachers that were, that invited us in their classrooms were vital to all of this because we had a lot of thoughts, but without being able to go in the classroom and have classrooms that are being able to participate in the implementation process of it, we don't have the, the goods, the bads, the fails, the successes. So we getting getting one teacher like if i would if i'm a coach and i want to move forward with trying this getting a couple teachers to try it and being able to share that and share that success is where i would start as a new coach that is starting to say hey these are i'm noticing some of these lack in skills too and we put a station rotation model in and some of our kids were not transitioning well um, they were not engaged. So I want to start working on some of those executive functioning skills and integrating them into the lessons. This is where I would start. Get a couple couple staff members to buy into that and work with you and then be able to share those success stories. Because now, like Steph said, we have so many people reaching out. I had a principal that reached out to me this week and he wants to do it with his whole school. He wants to be able to, us to support the whole entire school with how do we get this to all my kids from K to four because they all need it. 
I love those stories. And I hope anybody who's listening to this episode has stories that are just like this, especially as they're going through the year. Now, you might be out there listening to this saying, how do I get a hold of the book? We're going to make sure that we have links to all of this stuff. This is over on Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 220. But it's not just about the book. You guys have an amazing website that supplements everything. Take take 30 seconds here and share with us a little bit about what's on the website. Of course, we have everything linked over in our show notes at episode 220. But, but what can somebody see as they're uh, checking out the website that you have set up for the book? Yeah, so once you get the book, you get a special link um, for all of the different templates that were shared in the book. Because what we believe in is share like a story of, when this has happened um, in our lives or in some of these uh, different classrooms, either our own or where we've been coaching in. And from there, we wanted to share resources because we think that if you have a resource, you're able to see it, you can customize them. Um, But yeah, once you have a book, there's a secret link that you can get all of these different templates. And then also we have a podcast. So if you are also struggling and you're like, I need to control this chaos um, right now, we are doing a series on motivation in the classroom. And how do you motivate these students? It's October and it's very difficult to motivate these kids uh, because the curriculum gets hard and they, some of them are giving up. And so what do we need to do in order to help those students? And again, Bed tech is where it's all out because you're you're using um, the behavior piece, but you're also putting that technology piece together and really good instructional strategies are coming out of these different conversations um, because Tara and I have out of the box minds. And so when I'm just talking to her, I'm like, oh, that could work for this teacher. Uh, and so it's kind of just hearing our brains think out loud during a podcast. <laughs> What is the name of that podcast and uh, how do we find it? Yes. It's Control the Chaos. Nice. And of course, we're going to make sure we have all the links that over on episode number 220. Uh, ladies, I want to say thank you so much. Um, I hope this isn't the last time where we have you on the show. I certainly hope this isn't the last time we talk about this topic. I'd love to do this show with a group of people just to keep the conversation going. And if you'd like to be on that show, please reach out. You can find us over on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach. Leave us a voice message over on TeacherCast. Would love to have you. And of course, if you have any questions for uh, Tara or Stephanie, we would love to get you guys connected on things. Speaking of which, Tara, where can we find you on your social media channels, websites, and all that other good stuff that you do? Um, I I am at Mrs. Underscore Truckman, T. Ruckman for on Twitter. So actually, Steph can attest to this. I was never a Twitter person. I, I got a Twitter in like 2016 and then never posted on it until she got me going and realizing how many resources I could get and I could share. So um, thank you, Steph, for that. But you can find me at, at Mrs. Underscore Truckman. Nice. Stephanie, you got a lot of stuff going on. Where can we find you? How can we support you? Yeah, feel free to follow me on Twitter. And again, if you have any questions, that's probably the best place to reach out to Tara and I. We have our DMs turned on. Um, we try to share a lot of different resources because we love to steal as well. Um, so my Twitter handle is Mrs. How 24 
And of course, you can find this and all of our other episodes over on askthetechcoach.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I want to say one last time, thank you to Stephanie and Tara for coming on the show. And that wraps up this episode of Ask the Tech Coach. On behalf of Tara, Stephanie, and everybody here on the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.